You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. It's that nine to five time feeling This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your SummerSlam recap, your NXT TakeOver recap, the G1 Finals recap, Sasha Banks returns, King of the Ring, the Mean Street Posse, that, <laughs> and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Everybody's like, Main Street Posse. (laughs) Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Pete Gass's editor. (laughs) I read that book. He needed it. We got heat, Pete Gass. And to my right, as always, we have Two Beer, Zach Bowman. What's going on, Two Beer? Uh, not much, man. Uh, just recovering from not just this weekend of wrestling, but just like the last like month and a half. I mean, fuck, G1 wasn't the only thing to climax this weekend. Ew! And to his right, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the good book of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 119, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saith, Hashtag boo the heels. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. It is all good, baby. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. What's up? I love you. I can't wait to see you. Man, it's a lot to talk about. Pete Gas. A lot you, to talk about. You got heat with Pete Gas. That happened I, yeah, like in 24 to 48 hours. I, it's the craziest will, thing that's ever happened. In JBL. In JBL chimes in. I'll explain the situation as shortly as possible. But and to his right, we have Lucha Chris. What's going on, LC? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been an interesting week of wrestling, mm-hmm, and I'm yes. excited to discuss it with you fellas. Yeah, and uh, as exciting as always, we're live on YouTube. Hell we're live yeah. on Twitter mm-hmm. at BFR Pod on Twitter. Banned from Ringside Podcast on YouTube. I'm sharing it to our uh, our Facebook group, Friends of BFR. Check it out everywhere. I'm literally, as we speak, posting it everywhere you can find it. We are coming at you from the exquisite Shock City Studios in beautiful downtown St. Louis, Missouri. We got Sam the Mauler Mall turning the knobs. Mr. Perfect's in the house. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to get to tonight. Uh, before we get too far into it, we got to talk about that day one-ish sponsor, JJ Twigs on Southampton. They got that thin crust, the best pizza in town if you like that st louis style if you i mean if you prefer a thicker pizza you can put one pizza on top of the other called the double decker it is sweet it is delicious uh that's not all they got they got wings they got a bunch of uh they got mini corn dogs they got toaster ravioli i had wings this uh for lunch today from there Oh, they're fire. Amazing. Uh, and they got good specials during Cardinal games. Go down to JJ Twigs on Southampton and tell them the band from Ringside sent you. Uh, yeah, I did get a little bit of heat uh, <laughs> over the last couple days with Pete Gas. Um, I had tweeted out uh, at BFR Bill on Twitter. Uh, I had tweeted out that uh, when Kevin Owens made that joke about the Mean Street Posse, I like I really didn't know what the Mean Street Posse was like. I was like, man, is this some sort of blind spot or is this like some sort of inside joke? I had to Google it. And then it turns out that they were in the WWE from <laughs> 1999 to 2001. And I was like, and I tweeted oh, out, shit. you know, making fun of myself. I was like, I don't remember who the Mean Street Posse was. And then everybody started really piling on. I mean, I started getting well dragged. No, it wasn't that bad to start. It well was, was, was no. kind of like, you know... There was it was like a 50-50 room. Like, you know, some people were like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, they were forgettable. But then other people were like, you know, how you going to call yourself a WWE fan right. and, you know, not remember the Mean Street Posse, but go ahead. Well, yeah, like at the beginning, like Jason said, once Pete Gass chimes in this morning because hell some dude on Twitter <laughs> snitch-tagged me, you're a narc and a mark, Alan Brown or whatever the fuck your name is. He snitch-tags me to Pete Gass and then Pete Gass goes, nah, you don't don't worry about it. And he goes, you know, the people that said we we're forgettable, that's okay. People that said we sucked, we did, but we managed to make it in the attitude era for three years. And it's, and it's like, all right, cool. Pete Gas seems like he's taking this pretty well. And then everybody starts saying, Oh no, you guys were the shit. Oh no, Mean Street Posse. No, Mean Street Posse is my favorite. Your vests were the best. They're, they're fav- yeah, they're my favorite stable of all time. And then Pete Gas starts going, Yeah, like what the fuck does this guy know? This BFR Bill guy know. Like, doesn't like any of the tweets that I put out. Just likes all the tweets that are making fun of me. JBL chimes in, says, I remember you, Pete Gas. So Pete Gas, come on BFR. 
so uh, without further ado, awesome. we'll, <laughs> we'll start talking about stuff non-peak gas related uh, when we get to our three counts. JCB, what you got? Man, this shit's crazy, dog. Rewind the tape. <laughs> to... was, that, was that a drop? Wait, was, was that, that a drop you? or was that you? That's the real deal, holy <laughs> cow, baby. And sometimes you can't even make that shit up. That's gold, just like Bill just puts out that tweet. Sometimes it's just gold. <laughs> I thought that was the drop. No, that ain't the drop, man. That's, that's your boy. All right. Let's rewind the tape to this weekend. NXT and SummerSlam. Your NXT um, weekend obviously starts the weekend <laughs> off. Adam Cole retains. Shayna Baszler retains. Street Profits retain. Uh, what did I miss? Um, really nothing special coming out of the NXT side. Uh, I think well, two beers. Two beers said the NXT side. Yeah, not nothing special. I think two beers said that it's it was not the it's one of the few NXTs that wasn't better than the one that was before it. Yeah, right before this, I said it. Since we started this podcast, it's the only takeover that in the moment was not better than the one before it. And I'm not saying there were not takeovers in the last two years that were better than ones that came subsequently, but there's always that recency bias and you're always super hyped. Right. And I just wasn't really all that hyped for this NXT no, it was, in general. It was good. It wasn't like, oh my God, great. EO and Candice, I thought to me was the best match of the night. Street was a match of like the weekend as far it, it, as it, it WWE, be, it could be argued for sure. Then, 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 never mind. We'll say that for a second. <laughs> um, Street Profits retaining, I thought, was important was just awesome. because it, I just like them to keep the momentum going. I think they're going to be a, a good tag team. Montez Ford is going to be the breakout star. He will be the Shawn Michaels of this group. I'm calling it right now. They act like stars, though. They do. Yep. But Montez Ford has that charisma. He has the athletic ability Dude, to jump. jump off out the building, but he has the charisma. Dawkins is a good straight man. Ford is the comedy, if that makes sense. He's he's the character for sure. For sure. Outside of that, like I said, this was a good uh takeover. It ended the Adam Cole Gargano storyline which unfortunately kind of signals that Johnny is off to quote unquote greener pastures where that is. Man, I sure hope it ain't 205 because that would be a damn shame, but that's the rumor. Um, if it is the end of Johnny Gargano, I'll just say it for myself. The gargano Champa feud really is one of the best feuds I've seen in a long, long time. I'm not going to sit up here and say it is the best because we can always bring up one after the other because everybody has their favorite. For me, it's one of the best NXT feuds I've ever seen. It's also one of the biggest what-ifs. You know, like yeah. if Ciampa would have stayed, stayed healthy, healthy, what else what, are we yeah, looking at? I don't at? think we have Adam Cole. I'll just I'll finish the sentence. I don't think we have Adam Cole as champion right now. He's still waiting his turn. But that's if if and buts were candy and nuts. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's, he's ever said that on this podcast. I don't, no, I've never said it. <laughs> I've never heard it in my life. It's a new sentence for me. <laughs> You're welcome. You can steal it. Um, we'll just I see where it if goes. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have had diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Takeover was takeover. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was probably somewhere in between. It'll probably get forget be forgotten. Even the best ones get forgotten. No, that's this the, this one will, weird this thing. one will, will they're all so this good. This one will be forgotten more so because it didn't have like the two or three like oh my god standout matches standout moments. It was good. It wasn't takeover great. Two beer. What was your favorite match of the night for takeover? Uh, you and Candice. I uh, just thought they did a phenomenal job, and uh, Candice LeRae really got to show. Uh, her chops, because I've been saying Io is one of the best wrestlers, not just female wrestlers, on the roster, WWE roster in general. But Candice, we never really saw her like in any kind of banger matches. Like she was like Johnny's wife. Yeah, you not know? in NXT. Yeah, not in NXT. No, sorry with you know I wasn't watching uh, like a lot of the indies like back then. But uh, she did some cool stuff with. Um, uh oh jesus what's his name i mean she, joey ryan joey ryan i yeah. was gonna say joey styles and i'm like that's not it Ooh. uh so anyway uh, <laughs> i really like oh i really God. yes i really like that match uh i thought i was gonna like the triple threat match the most uh just because i love all those guys that are in it uh dream it's just not his cup of tea like uh those other guys are really seasoned for that kind of thing and you could see that he was very green in that environment and that 
spot where he like did the flip off the top rope just like took me out of it. I was just like, oh fuck. Like nobody touched him and he's like, uh, here's my spot. I got a flip now and I fucked it up and he's like, I'm just gonna go for it. And uh that just took me out. And uh I mean that's Roderick Strong in the ring with two very young guys. Absolutely. Like Pete yeah. Dunn and Velveteen Dream are but like both I mean Velvet the same age. spoiler for birthdays later, but Velveteen Dream turns twenty four this week. Yeah, okay. I mean absolutely and I think Pete Dunn's younger. They yeah. both yeah, oh he is younger. And they, they both have no ceiling. I think Dream has no ceiling. Dunn has a a, a shorter ceiling, but it's just because in WWE. Right. Uh, but he's a mega talent and I feel like he, he handles himself like a ring veteran. Uh, more than like as far as like work rate and stuff. Uh, the final match, uh, I you know liked it. I was like fucking hammered that night. Like I don't know what I did. Like I don't know, like I smoked or like the wrong time. I have no idea. But I was fucking lit. And I'm like, you could tell just by like what I was like tweeting out there and shit. But that match was so long. It was very long. And just like it just seemed like overindulgent to me. Forty seven minutes. I mean, they already had the best two out of three falls match. Yeah. And it just seemed like they were repeating and trying to go bigger. And I don't blame them because I feel like they did the best with they with what they were given. I just blame the booking and then it was just too soon and this didn't feel like a blood feud like the Champa Gargano did as much. You know, it just it just seemed like they were just Putting a gimmick match to do a gimmick match and to be overindulgent, and it showed. Lucha Chris, did Gargano and Adam Cole have a? Were they put in a bad spot because they already had the match of the year? Maybe I mean what I mean. I think Dave Meltzer called it the the greatest WWE match of all time, and they already had a two out of three. Were they put in kind of an unwinnable position because how do you top that? I, I kind of believe so, honestly, and, and like he said, it was it. In my opinion, although it was very entertaining all the way through, it was, in my opinion, way too long. Yeah, um, it didn't forty-seven need to be, minutes. Yeah, and it didn't need to be a three out of four or three, two out of three falls match. Three out of five. Three, <laughs> they, honestly, I mean, they could have just done it where it was the cage match with all the crazy stuff and right. had it just be that for twenty minutes. You right. know, and it, and, and it, I think it would have been just as good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think it went too long. It was still a great match. I was still thoroughly entertained, but it just it went forever. And uh, so yeah, I, I don't think it was the their best. Especially compared to what they've done prior, um, I feel like the weakest of the night was uh, the women's NXT. Oh, dude, that was match. brutal. That was actually a bad match. Brutal. It wasn't yeah. even like the week. it was a bad. It, match. Was, it was brutal. It was. It wasn't. It, it was hard to watch. It, it was, was hard to get through. And so, and and I wasn't really looking forward to that one anyway because unfortunately I'm not a giant Mia Yim fan to begin with. For whatever reason, I'm just not a fan. Um, I can kind of see it after during that match. It was I mean, she seems green and she's ten years plus in the business and she seems so fucking green. And Baz- in that match. Baszler's style is ground and pound. I mean, yep. she. I mean, it's not like she's particularly great at working with high flyers. You know, like take a guy like uh, Drew McIntyre, who it seems like the smaller the guy, the better he is. Oh, like yeah, he's great absolutely. with wrestling, but like that's not really Shayna Baszler for being the monster that she is. Right. Uh, moving on to SummerSlam, what's your big takeaway from SummerSlam? Uh, I mean, well, The Fiend was... Uh, the best moment. It wasn't obviously wasn't the best match, and and as a matter of fact, as much as I, you know, uh, my my candies and nuts all over that segment. Oh my god! I, oh. I, I, Holy <laughs> shit! Well, that start. I feel like that <laughs> went too long as well. Like I. It, I like that Finn got a little bit of his uh, of defense into the match. That's like four minutes. I know, but it, I don't know. It just felt weird that he didn't just straight up squash him. And I'm not saying that was a bad thing that he didn't. Yeah, have a squash. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, what more do Finn, you want? Finn got some He only got a little there. bit of heat. He only got a yeah, little bit. But but uh, all in all, that was my favorite moment. Uh, the favorite, favorite match. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I laughed out loud. J- JCB. Uh, favorite match? Um, hey, no, no, I'll I'll do the asking questions. JCB, what's your favorite match? Of the night? Uh, favorite match? Jeez, Louise. Um, it could have, it should have been Randy Kofi until the finish. Um, I'll go Brock Seth. It it started off kind of like it was going to be okay. Here comes Brock getting ready to destroy him, and it turned around where Seth kind of turns it around and wins Queen. Um, honestly, the, I mean, Natty, actually, Natty, Becky was cool. I mean, it was a Bray pay- Wyatt. 
I mean, for me, it was a pay per view that was just it didn't offend me. It just didn't. I, it, there's just I, there's nothing it didn't have for Summer Slam. Slam thank you it. for Summer Slam. The bill should have been more. There should have been the payoff. I guess was Bray Wyatt in no order. Bray Wyatt, Seth winning the title back, and Trish. Charlotte Trish, Trish. I guess, which right. was which was still okay. Trish got lover. Charlotte she showed her ring rust. Match. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean it was, it was a good, it was a good farewell match for Trish. If yeah, that, look, if that's look, look, for look sure. it's not a knock against Trish. It's just everybody was so excited about this, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the last time we saw Trish was a tag team match with Lita. They protected them for a reason. Before that was another tag team match. This she, the first she had singles. Had a, she had had a singles match in more than a decade. Yeah. Uh, you just don't come back and all of a sudden look good. Yeah, she looked good for that. She looked good well, for good, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she I didn't mean, look like Trish. Zach, what does Trish's return? It, what does that mean? What does that show to you? What how far women's wrestling has come just since she was? I mean, because the first women to ever main event a Raw was like her versus Lita, and that sure. was a huge deal when it happened. Yeah, and they were both like solid workers, much more so than. You know the smattering of divas that were right. You know Kelly, Kelly. I wasn't watching, but you know like your uh, Stacy Keeblers and stuff who were like pure eye candy. Yeah, you know Tori Wilson. Yeah, forty nine inch legs. Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. Stacy Keebler. Anyway, they're insured, so <laughs> I bet they are. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like uh, yeah, SummerSlam was fine. I yeah. like I liked Brock uh Seth way more than I thought I would. Same. Uh, I thought uh, that was like match of the night and then Fiend like you guys will just echo everything. Like the Fiend was my favorite thing that happened like in WWE in like a minute. I think they handled it really well. I was really down with I, I was totally fine with the watching KO fight Shane, like I was totally fine with KO beating Shane when I thought that that was going to be the end of the feud, and then oh, for shit. them to continue the feud on SmackDown was a real bummer. Like as a as a as a write off to the feud, that would have been good, you know, ten minutes and get me the fuck out of there. You would you know? think that that would be good enough to end the feud because it's a, a step match. It's got career on the line. We should be able to move on. I, uh, you know, the Goldberg stuff. It was just Goldberg. I mean, I get perfect. those spears. Yeah, were, get out the way. I mean, dude, of course, and Dolph, Dolph Ziggler sold it. Yeah, those spears. Yeah, man. Dolph sold it. Give give Dolph but, the credit. Man, I hope that it didn't look so good that WWE thinks, oh, you know what? Let's bring him back around for WrestleMania. Oh, one no, time. no, oh, no, no, no. It's, about to say, it's, sport, it's sports entertainment. He'll be back. Mm, yeah. That, if I learned that was anything not, over the last two days. No. He's not done, which sucks. They're going to bring him back every three months, and Goldberg's going to take a million dollars every three months, right. and he's going to be happy to do it, and people will be happy to fucking no, watch No, 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 because you need Goldberg to get the casuals fans in. That's it's not I mean. about us. With SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I'm sorry, it's not about me being a smart. It's about to get in the casual, the mainstream fans in. I mean, Goldberg uh, brings him in. Ricochet, AJ Styles that was, was a, fine, was but match. it didn't. It didn't seem like they uh, they they opened it up. You it's know, just, for yeah. me, it was kind of like they've been there, done that kind of feeling. They never got to. They never got to their top gear. It didn't seem like, and maybe maybe they didn't want to. Maybe because that's not the end of the feud. And I know that's the way that these guys think sometimes. Is that yo, uh, you know, if we're gonna have three matches and three consecutive pay per views, we gotta hold something back. You know, like when Cena fought AJ three pay per views in a row, and they did like perfectly, like each one, like that was a great elevated. That's one of the better trilogy of matches in WWE history. I agree. Yeah. I agree totally. Um, the Seth Brock thing, it's like, well, what the fuck was the point then of having Seth win at WrestleMania, having Brock win the money in the bank, and then having Seth yeah. come back and beat him again at SummerSlam? So is I, it is I, it to put over Seth? Like, you already put him over. I hated this buildup, and I hated the fact that they were doing it again. That's why I was so surprised that I liked the match. And it was, Seth came in, and he wasn't getting cheered because he looked like shit on the go-home. And Brock's from Canada, and Brock's Brock. So, like, Brock's getting fucking... You know, huge fucking pops. But, like, I feel like it's like the Brock factor. Like, Brock can get you over. Like, that's why he's really good. Is not because he comes in there and destroys people. Because he destroys people, he also sells sells better than most of the roster. And when he wants to put you over, he puts you over. Yeah. And he put him over hard, and Seth was fucking cheered as champion by the end of this thing. Yeah. Well, and apparently there's they're they're talking about Brock. They put it on him again for a split second because they're, you know, with the whole move over to SmackDown going to Fox. They want him right. on SmackDown, so they don't want him going in as champion. 
whatever. But yeah, I mean, this was all kind of belt. I mean, that's October. Are they going to keep the belt on Kofi? Only six weeks in there. Six weeks. I know that's insane. Like, or is it going to be Orton? I mean, is is Uh, is Vince going to go? You know what? I got to go with my tried and true and. to, in his mind, the tried and true, or is Kofi versus Brock? The, is Vince thinking that's where the money's at? I honestly, if they were gonna, in my opinion, if they were gonna do it with Orton, they should have done it at SummerSlam because now I want to see Kofi go until Brock's. Okay, so are you like, of the opinion if you have a fourteen or fifteen minute match like Kofi and Orton did on SummerSlam, and then you have a double countout, are you of the opinion like okay, so? That's fine with me because they're you know they had a hard fought match and this is showing that neither one of them can win. Or when that happens, are you watching it be like, why did I just waste fifteen minutes watching this shit? And not only fifteen minutes, but the lead up, this whole story that has been done super well, you know, with between the two of them. Well, they ain't done. No, but that's the thing; they didn't have to be done, even if one or the other would have actually won the match. They could have done it in a way that didn't result in a double count out which was a, in my opinion a total waste of time you just tell by the crowd's reaction they chanted bullshit like all of toronto yeah. was chanting bullshit like there's a way to have a fluky finish yeah. and still keep the feud going like have kofi, have kofi roll it's, him up it's called a draw yeah or or interference yeah. or dq a draw. or whatever you have a time limit draw half an hour and let him wrestle for half an, half hour. an hour new japan does it all the all time. time and that way you have a legitimate credible excuse to extend the feud if you wanted to do a double count out i guess that's okay it the way that double count out happened it kind of disappointed me and it took away from what was building up to be a pretty good match the finish fucked it up you do a time limit draw that way you have a reason to say okay orton can come out on tuesday i want my rematch we didn't finish it. Jay, Jay Lethal and Matt Taven wrestled for 60 minutes for a time limit draw. And what did they do? They came back and they had a triple threat and Matt Taven retained. Pretty simple. Ooh, triple threat sounds good. Um, uh, kudos to WWE, though, for only having a three and a half hour show after, <laughs> yeah, after a two crazy. hour. I mean, it was 945 or 930 when it was done. Dude, it was a two hour kickoff show. Yeah, like but three, three, three matches on there, one of which we weren't expecting at all. I mean, that's fine. Actually, two of which, really. But yeah, the kickoff shows are brutal. To watch. I don't know. I don't know why WWE thinks they have to fly in all these ex wrestlers and pundits and everything for this kickoff show that I can't believe anybody watches. I, mean, no, I, I watched it actually just because I knew I was I was at home and I was kind of like okay I'm getting a little tired so it's let good me to put turn it, on. it on and just you know have some noise. I actually like the video packages and they play all but of them. The production they, is never fails. Yeah, it, that yeah. is the best thing about WWE. But they when, know how to pr- video produce and hype the shit up when justin roberts is sitting there and he's arguing with david otunga about who's going to win what matches i mean <laughs> you don't watch that no, shit do you? Not, that is definitely background <laughs> oh, I'm, just I'm, blah, blah, I'm unzipped blah. and at half staff <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> and that'll bring us to our two counts i like that right. bell sam thank you for changing the bell that's a great sounding bell i don't have any migraines from it two beer what's the two count so we uh G1 Climax this weekend, guys. Uh, we had the A Block Finals, we had the B Block Finals, and then we had the G1 Finals. So just a quick rundown of some big matches. Uh, be worth watching if you haven't. And I just want to say, as much as I love this, oh my God, I'm glad it's over. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? I could yeah. I could keep it up, but like I could I could watch that like this sounds like all, a bad conversation all the time. <laughs> Because it's the best wrestling of the year every year, but my god, it's so hard. I, it's just hard to keep up with. Like it's, I can't imagine doing it. Like I'm exhausted watching it, and these guys are doing it. I mean, I, t- I took a vacation in the middle of it, but today when I got off of work, and I usually catch up watching the wrestling that I might have missed for the week, and there was a couple matches from the Takeover that I hadn't seen yet. I was a little disappointed that I was watching Takeover and I didn't have G One to catch up on. Yeah. Like, I mean that. Like, there I, is a I, void. There yeah. is a void that's left. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have rather been watching G One, and that. I mean, and that says a lot because Takeover's fucking rule. Definitely. But I, I mean, I already knew who had won the Takeover matches and everything. But yeah, it's ahead. just, it's just, it's so good. You know, 
you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you nut and she still keeps sucking. Just like, just oh, hold up, Jesus. just hold up. <laughs> <Right. on. laughs> you know, like I just need a minute, and please. We are growing south. All this right. is this is why my mom says, "How do I find your podcast?" I go, "Nah, it's alright." <laughs> yeah, no, we'll send you a shirt. It's on one hundred point six FM. <laughs> oh, you don't get that in your car? Fantastic. All right, so uh, A Block Finals, uh, big match. Uh, Osprey defeated Tanahashi. Which is a big deal. Tanahashi had the worst showing of his G1 uh, since 2008. And Osprey had a bad showing in his first G1. Decent for his first G1, but bad for Will Osprey. But he beat Tanahashi. But he I beat think that Tanahashi. Takes care of, yeah, that's and, the walking away yep. um, point for me is that he beat Tanahashi as a junior. They threw us a bone. Yeah. You know, beat him as a junior, which is a huge, huge deal. deal. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, Leaving on a high note there, and then uh, Abushi beats Okada, uh, and you can tell, like this was for the A block, and you can kind of tell these guys. You mentioned about um, Os- or, uh, Ricochet and AJ holding back, right? You can tell, like this was a big match because it was A block final. This is not the match that we will get for like the championship, though. They were like, if it goes to Wrestle Kingdom, it's game on. Yeah, they were. They put on a great match, but uh, it was not like. Th- that big epic like feel uh b block finals some uh notable takeaways juice robinson defeated john moxley john moxley is like his fourth loss in a row uh obviously setting up for juice to take his u.s title back from moxley who took it from him uh not long ago takagi and goto Mm -hmm. having one of the best matches of the entire g1 yeah the semi-main event there was a spot that had the best clothesline i've ever seen it was like when he hit him, it was like it sprayed with fucking just sweat. I mean, just like, I'm Dude. like, oh, God. Fucking damn. amazing. These guys are over the top. I mean, and great. If, if you ask me to rank, like, of the 20 guys, like, who I'm most excited to watch every week, it's like Godo's in, like, the bottom three or four. Like, I never really think about him, but like. Until he does some shit like this, and then he's like, like oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. Right. Godo's like, uh, Godo is. Is very similar to Ishii, but Ishii's just perfected like kind of like what they do, right? And uh, yeah, and then uh, Jay White defeats Naito, much to the chagrin of a lot of motherfuckers, because there's a lot of people that hate Jay White, and it's so funny because like I feel like they're just getting worked real hard. Yeah. He's the Triple H of New Japan wrestling. He's he's the cerebral assassin with Goto or Gato outside. He could fuck with you on the outside, but then. He plays the mind games with you on the inside. You know, if your knees hurt, he can, you know, now he's got the submission. He can work the submission. He's got the, you know. The oh, and he, he heals it up the entire Dude, time. Oh, yeah, too. he's getting ready to he's say. The best, he's the best ring psychology heel, like, in the business right now. You know, you can say, like, Kevin Owens is an amazing heel, like, on the mic. And he's got great ring psychology. But, like, when I'm watching the G1 final with Ibushi and... uh I don't know if it was the Naito uh, J White or the Abushi J White one in the final. Whenever I think the it was, final was Abushi, I think it was J. the Naito because Naito takes forever to get his stuff off, right? So J White's like, "Come on, you know, come on, are you ready yet? Are you right. ready yet?" Right. And then as soon as he's ready, he just rolls out of the ring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Naito does his tranquilo thing, like where he does hits the ropes and he lays down with his elbow. And then Jay White gets in the ring just to roll out immediately. So it's like <laughs> ten fucking minutes before, like this, before they before even put hands on each other. I was just like, "This is ridiculous," but it's so good. It's chess. It's not yeah. checkers. That's why I love Jay White. It's just like he's perfect. And so yeah, then Abushi defeats him for uh, the briefcase. So it's going to be Abushi and Okada presumably at the Tokyo Dome in, the, in January. The finals match Abushi and Jay White was a spectacular match. It was great. Yeah, it was like over. 30 minutes yeah it's like 37 i think sounds right but uh a couple takeaways right before that match we had a tag match where okada and tanahashi teamed up against suzuki and zack saber jr and uh suzuki pins okada clean clean in the middle of the ring and says ha he gets does this promo and chris charleston like uh translates it he's like ah guy who isn't even the g1 pins the champion look at that so they like slow built this whole thing suzuki's so mad he's not in the g1 and they waited for a month and a half for like a payoff on that right? and i've been bitching the whole month the whole g1 i'm like okay when's suzuki gonna do something suzuki's not in the g1 suzuki should be destroying everything in his path because he's gotten snubbed for the G1. Yeah. Finish. And then boom, like 
long-term booking, man. Like, they just... Shut me the fuck up. I'm yeah, like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anytime, anytime I bitch about New Japan, it's because, like, I'm, like, not thinking far enough and they're going to deliver to me. And then biggest takeaway of the night, outside of even, I think, the finals, uh, we had Shibata come in. Mm. Kenta goes... <laughs> Becomes member, newest member of Bullet Club. Shibata, who's like his best friend and trainer, comes in, gets physical. This is Shibata, who had brain bleeding and hemorrhaging and is was forced to retire after his match with Okada, uh, which was an epic match. Like, get on New Japan World, get on YouTube and, and find it. Great match. You can just see the moment where, like, Shibata's retirement happens after this headbutt. It's, like, the saddest thing, if you know the story, going into it. Uh, but anyway, Shibata gets physical with the Bullet Club, just laying motherfuckers out like Sting laid out the NWO in 1997. <laughs> like, just, like, one arm, one forearm, and they go flying over the fucking top rope. Does his, like, big stalling drop kick on Kenta, which is now my new favorite meme format, if you haven't seen how many that I've put on Friends of yeah, BFR. Yeah, killing it. It's good. Uh, and then they, they get the heat back on him, and... Kenta gets a sleeper on him, which is like, and everybody's like freaking out. Like Kevin Kelly's selling it, like freaking out because like this is this is Daniel Bryan when he was injured, but worse. Like Chibata could die with like the wrong hit to the head, so they put him in the sleeper hold, knock him out, and Kenta sits on his fucking chest like crisscross applesauce style. Yeah, I didn't say Indian style because I'm not a racist. <laughs> That's my dog. And then he uh, he sits on his chest and you know does the two sweet. Anyway, this was this was like. An amazing angle. Right? Yeah, because it, it's a once again, you didn't see it coming. Kenta was, I mean, he was kind of heal it. New Japan wasn't even really giving him love unless he was doing Shibata's moves. The mm-hmm. the, uh, the hesitation drop kick always got a pop, but he never really got over. And then I, once he dropped down in the mat, I'm like, oh, hell no. It was perfect. Shibata coming out. I'm not, I don't remember Shibata like some of my friends that remember. They just marked the fuck out. Yeah, grown man crying about the shit. So I mean, in that scenario, it was a big deal. So I, just I just I like pro wrestling. For those of you guys who don't watch New Japan, sorry, not sorry. we saw Edge come out on the pre-show, which was cool. It was like house show stuff, but Edge got physical. Edge delivered a spear. True. And like I was really surprised they let him do that. Now imagine if Edge would have come out during a semi-main event and like somebody like turned heel and. Edge took a bunch of bumps for him. Like that's like the level of oh, like yeah. shit. Who did Edge spear? Uh, Elias. Elias. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, what's your biggest <laughs> takeaway from this year's uh, G1 tournament, JCB? And not and don't don't say just that New Japan's the best and G1. No, no rules. Lance what's- Archer. It is a huge takeaway. I've been t- I've been saying it since New Japan Cup. I'm gonna keep saying it. Lance Archer is going to be. He's in his 40s. So I mean, if there's gonna be 42. a push. This push needs to happen right now. Shingo Takagi is a big takeaway from this. His matches have probably been some of the best of the bunch. He's at least got two standout matches for sure. Goto uh, notwithstanding. Um, Ishii, obviously, I think is another. I've been hearing he's been called the best best bout machine now since Kenny Omega's been gone from uh, New Japan. I can't necessarily say I disagree with that. Man, he rules. Um, It's... There's a lot of Will Ospreay winning uh, from Tanahashi. So, I mean, this is one of those where, yeah, you kind of had the status quo because Kota Ibushi wins, but you got three or four solid storylines coming out of this that would take us from here to the rest of the year. There's not one person that stands out. There's three or four, and I just named them off the top of my head. I mean, I mean Ambrose had a great G1, I thought. I thought they made him look strong, especially in the in the sense that, you know, he's quote-unquote damaged good. So, you know, he's damaged good, and he comes over, and immediately he wins the first five matches. You know, granted, he didn't win the block, but I don't think he needed to win the block. No, nah, he, was, he was clearly having the time of his life, though. Well, yeah, for sure. And um, ultimately, it goes back to AEW. You're going to look back to see him where he goes back Here's to. the thing, and I, I don't mean to bring everything back to WWE or bring everything back to American wrestling, but... When you see a guy like Lance Archer who was kind of chewed up and spit out of the WWE system and you see a guy like Dean Ambrose and, and Lance Archer is not necessarily was never really thought of as a really strong worker and then you see a guy and he has a tram stamp and you Moxley. see a guy like uh Moxley got it covered up and I don't know if it's any better and I know I know it just looks like a big I know I didn't even know I had a tram stamp but go ahead 
Um, and then you see a guy like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, who was one of the biggest stars that WWE had for a lot of years, and then he leaves the WWE. He's not necessarily thought of as a really strong worker. I mean, he's more of a character. character he's more of a character guy. And then he goes over to New Japan and has you know good to great matches almost throughout the entire thing crowds into his all of his matches so it makes brought, you it showed make, along for the ride it makes you wonder like when when you have these guys that uh the ww that wwe marks shit on all the time a guy like let's just say sheamus i mean we know that cesaro could go into the g1 and fucking whoop ass rule all ass have a bunch of five-star matches fucking big dick tony you see a guy <laughs> you see a guy like I mean, if Sheamus was released, if Sheamus was healthy, and I say Sheamus because he's the guy that all the Marks hate the most, all the Smarks hate the most. They hate Sheamus, even though Sheamus always had like three or four things that he could finish a match with, and he was good working with little guys. I I guess what I'm trying to say is, isn't this just proof that the WWE system just holds back these incredible workers, and if given the chance, it's not like they're all really good, and if given the chance against the right opponents, then... They also could thrive in a in a situation like New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's been proven, and, and I'm not obviously I'm not a, I'm, I don't watch a lot of New Japan, but it's been proven that guys and and some of the girls that have left the WWE that were somewhat held back, Dean Ambrose being one that they gave him the shine, and but it they weren't giving him the right shine. Obviously, right. he wasn't happy. He left, even if he's not the top dog, he's killing it. Right. Like in his element, and it's Pac, the same. Pac, all any any of them that have left Cody. I mean, yeah, yeah. If, you know, go go as deep as as, as that. Like it, it's so creative is so strict. I think in the WWE about what they want their guys to do that when they are able to do something on their own or or at least you know pitch some creative right. ideas and for the, themselves and there's they f- do well and they have and their matches have formulas unless right. it's a super super big match like their tag team matches like the baby faces always work from under they always get worked over worked over worked over hot tag and then the baby faces come back and win um I'm just saying, I, I just think it's funny that Lance Archer, who I think was Vance Archer in WWE, so that's creative. Uh, I just think that, I mean, by all accounts, everything that you read on blogs and everything that you see on Twitter and just by us talking about it, it's like Lance Archer had a fantastic G1. Great G1. Yeah. And, and he's a 42-year-old guy that was considered a complete jobber in WWE when he was back there. I Wasn't it him and Tremperetta, I think? It's, I can say this and we can move on. And I've been having this conversation for like the last 24 hours. WWE, and I said it before, WWE is sports entertainment. So the, there's an expectation with sports entertainment. They want to have these larger-than-life stars that jump out of the screen, can have, quote-unquote, vanilla midgets. They want bigger, better. Hey, hey look, these that's check my timeline, baby, at BFR. Kevin Nash quote. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so that's what they're looking for. Big guys that jump off the screen, that leap off the screen, that capture your attention. That's not what New Japan is. So in this scenario, that's, I think, where the at least part of the problem in lies. WWE fans can't even get along on their own. Now, if you look over here where this is pro wrestling, now it's totally different because now it's apples and oranges in this scenario. Yeah, it's fruit, but it's two different fruit. What's, <laughs> what's fruit? <laughs> Why can't fruit be compared? Uh, yeah, right. But, like, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. What's funny about Lance Archer is he got over by, like, coming out, like, as, like, a monster. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, even though he did some cool stuff, he does, like, that uh, that old school, like, where he does two ring Green ropes, ropes and he's yeah, doing moon salts. Doing yeah, yeah, and he's, doing you know, like but like he came over, he got over because he was like a monster, right? Like he was like a Lars Sullivan like type. Came and I don't know if they just, the young, young yeah. lions. I mean, just basically when you know, you hear his music, Rocky puts him over. I mean, it's yeah. Like it's they, totally they had something in him and they just didn't see it. And no. then he cultivated it. Yeah. And, and that's going to have to do it. We're going to bring it to our three counts. All right, uh, we have uh, we have some stuff in the odds and ends to get to, and we got about fifteen minutes left. Um, so uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time because Sasha Banks. If you uh, have any sort of 
uh, wrestling IQ at all. You knew that Sasha Banks was probably coming back at some time, and you knew she was going to flip heel. Her flipping heel on Natty after Natty giving the tearful promo about it being the one-year one anniversary of Jim the Anvil Neidhart, her father's death, uh, was a, especially a nice touch. I mean, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that as a wrestling fan. And when Sasha was hugging Natty before she turned on her and whispering stuff in her ear, she was probably saying things like, oh, you know, your dad. And Natty was probably like, you know, my dad would love to be part of an angle like this. Um, what I didn't get is... You know, she she has purple hair. She rips off her purple hair wig, and she's got blue hair underneath. It's, it's like, Mia Yim. <laughs> what, oh, see, you wrong. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be more heelish if she was like blonde or something. Or I, I don't know why blue hair or is bald. more. The, the only thing that I can take. <laughs> That's out of, what I said to Jason. I was no, like, man, if she had a shaved no, head. That no. would be that would have been fucking awesome. Absolutely. I thought about that this whole time because I laughed my ass off when that happened. Now, one thing I've never been a huge Sasha Banks fan, but I'm not going to lie. Me neither. I did. I did really enjoy this angle because she went full fucking heel yeah. like like I've never seen her go heel before and she's been a good heel yeah, before be sh- she beat the shit out of Natty the, the, she beat the shit out of Becky Lynch and the hair thing I'm figuring maybe because everybody recognized her so much as the sweetheart at the end with the pink hair that changing it to blue means bad i don't <laughs> i didn't I mean, understand and that's what everybody's taking out of it is oh the hair who gives a shit she beat the shit out of those it's kind of goofy to pull off a wig and still have like the exact same length hair <laughs> underneath just a different color she took off her jacket and a wig and all of a sudden she was a different sasha jcb Banks, no see this is where you guys missed the point the point is is that she's turning heels so she, it's kind of like when um, you were talking about Becky Lynch when she was a heel at the time, and you were saying that her music needs to change. It's the same concept. I, okay. Right. Yeah. You, I'm no longer, you know, Sasha Banks. I'm hanging with, you know, Bailey, and we're hugging shit out. And you know, you got me in this tag team bullshit, you know, division. I'm going to take this shit off. It's blue hair now. I'm beating the shit out of Natty. I'm sorry about your daddy, but I'll beat the shit out of you, and I'll beat the shit out of Becky Lynch. You know why it works? Sasha 2.0. Because we're fucking talking about it. Two beer yeah. thoughts on Sasha's return and heel turn. I just can't wait for Michael Cole to say, it's boss time over and over again. <laughs> yeah, he, he already said screamed it. it when she came out. Like, uh, Natty's like, my dad died one year ago today. It's boss time. <laughs> <laughs> like, her music starts playing. He goes, here. is it? Could it be? Yeah. yeah. yeah That's the same probably, shit. Yeah, it's probably a safe <laughs> guess. It. It's probably Sasha Banks. Yeah, we get it. Um, just spin it forward. I just hope they don't burn through Becky Sasha too quickly. Oh, they're going to give Sasha the title and they're going to take it from her the next day and say, that would be, try to leave again. I would be not, none too surprised. It is, kind of, it is kind of the kick in the ass that uh, the women's division needed because it's been faltering and been pretty dull since, Ronda. since yeah, WrestleMania. Ronda I mean, Sasha, Sasha, yeah. Sasha yeah. Lacey Evans was not the answer. And it was three months of Lacey Evans. Yeah. And where has she been since? She needs to be... Hopefully at the performance yeah, side. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm, she needs exactly. to be doing. Because she could no be disrespect. great eventually. And that's going to yeah. do it for our three counts. JCB tells about F&B. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 South Hampton, the corner of Hampton and Marquette. Go swing, swing by, check my boy Mike out. Waiting to smash up some burgers for you. Looking for <laughs> the hot wings as well. Got the kitty menu. Uh, breakfast on, make sure I'm saying this correctly, Saturday and Sundays because they are closed Monday and Tuesdays. Weird hours. So just to make sure that you are on board, like them on Facebook, follow their um, website at all one word, fnbeatery.com. Yes, there is an and to that. Ampersand. Thank you very much. Go check about some of the band from Ringside sent you. This is banned from Ringside. Okay, some odds and ends. I think the biggest uh, story of the week uh, is that we're having a King of the Ring tournament uh, starting next week. Jason Bell's already uh, shaking his head. The raw, <laughs> the raw competitors are Corbin, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, Drew McIntyre, The Miz, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, and Samoa Joe. The SmackDown competitors, and this is actually an exciting bracket. If they decide to do Raw versus SmackDown, it's Ali, Andrade, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Elias, and Kevin Owens. Now, if that was a G1 block, that would be in a pretty exciting G1 block. That's the kind of shit that I want to see. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I mean, 
is it possible that they saw the G1 and they were like, oh, you guys like tournaments? Well, we'll give you a tournament right now. This feels reactionary to me. Absolutely, it does. But still, though, I mean, it, I just wish, if they're going to do it on Raw, I wish the entire Raw was just the king of the ring. I mean, if because the, the next fucking pay-per-view is Clash of Champions or whatever, and it's one of those pay-per-views that nobody gives a fuck about. But king of the ring, if they do this tournament right, they can put some guys over and they can, you know, make a new star. This seems to me... Like it's got Drew McIntyre written all over it. I'd like to see Drew McIntyre or Ricochet because, like, I mean, Ricochet's Twitter handle's King Ricochet. Like, you wouldn't even have to change it. I right. mean, come on, guys. Right. I saw somebody on uh, Twitter say that if KO won it, though, they could sell shirts that said KOTR, King of the Ring, and just sell tons of those, and that, that makes a lot of sense, That's too. true. King Owens. Man, it's got Baron Corbin written all over it. He's been oh, gone fuck, for too dude. long. It's got Corbin written oh on it, too. God, that's the most cynical thing I've ever long. heard, and I love it. Look, it's if the it, truth. If it was you know this shit. I know. You know, you know he's going to sniff the semifinals at the very least. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very least, he's gonna win two matches. If it was if it was down to Raw versus SmackDown, who would you pick to be the uh, the last two there? Who would I pick to be the last two? I, I would... just asked another question. I know, but I... no, that's okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to overstep my boundaries. I mean, I would probably have. Uh, I mean, I would probably have Drew McIntyre versus Buddy Murphy. Dude, that honestly, that Buddy Murphy uh, Roman See, this match is going to be fucking, so interesting because that was a great match. They got to really get away was. from that was going to be the next odd and end. But. Okay, All they right. got to get away from fifty fifty booking, and it's it's thankfully going to they be, can't parody book a single elimination tournament. Like, I, know. I no, said they can't, but I bet they'll try. I don't they'll, know, they'll try. Man. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's a lot of guys that I'd like to see go far. I'd like to see. I mean, there's a way to make Andrade. I mean, there's got there's ways to put guys. So over. this okay. So this is the witness test. You have 16 guys. There should at least be three guys that we should be talking about that comes out of this tournament. At least three. Oh, you know what? I left off Shelton Benjamin. I mean, how many Kings of the Ring has he been in? A lot, right? Okay, but that's that's still kind of my point. Maybe okay. he'll win just because of the weird promos he's been cutting lately. Apparently, what <laughs> I've apparently what I've heard is that they are really high on Chad Gable and they keep trying stuff. But the reason they keep trying stuff is because they really want Chad Gable to work. I mean, I, he should have been Kurt Angle's son. Yeah, that I mean, that just makes it just makes so much sense. But would that would have gone? Would that would would that would have went anywhere though? A, uh, they it, look alike. B, yeah, no, you I have agree. the okay, but you have the Olympic lineage. You can play off of that. I mean, they did. See, they, he's white. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Really, that should have been A. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry with, with wrestling the, first. They made the black one. Okay, you tried to be Wait, fucking wow. cute, and then the shit didn't. The shit went south. Jason Jordan got hurt. You left poor Chad Gable out in the, the fucking lurch, who's had some great 205 live matches, by the way, but that nobody sees him, so it doesn't matter. Jason's yeah. timer started going off. He knew the podcast was ending. He hasn't had a rant yet. So he's going to have a Chad Gable rant. No, I was about to say, I'll have a sports entertainment rant. Though. Let me go there. I agree, though. Uh, anyway, there's uh, hopefully like Elias goes out in the first round. Shelton Benjamin goes out in the first round. I want to see some of these workers. Uh, it'd be cool if like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn came down to the finals. No, I, mean, I would, I would also... like to see them, at, you know, like in the, a quarterfinal or whatever, you know, the, the, the round is eight or whatever, yeah, we you know, so that way you got to play anyway. off of that. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, we don't. We don't even know if those are the brackets. I was just naming who was there. We don't know if the championship. The brackets aren't even out yet. No, that is oh, ridiculous. No. Yeah. The, uh, when does it start? You know that Monday. You know that that means they made the decision at like four thirty in the afternoon on God Monday. Damn. They're, they're going to make. You know they're going to the you know sub out See? like four people. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. One of them's going to be a, be a woman mess. for some reason. Yeah, this is going to be a hot mess. This is going to happen. Nia Jax. Uh, yeah. The yeah. last, the, our, our second odd and end, and really these are these are the two most important things coming out of it. it was Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy uh, on SmackDown. Shit. Murray thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I went into it not really. Lucha Chris, thank you. I, I went into it not really giving a shit to be honest, and and I because because I had high hopes because I do like Roman, but I really love Buddy Murphy, and I oh, want yeah. him to get a push. And that match was actually awesome. And, oh yeah, and even better than that, the ending of the match was good. Yes, Buddy Murphy lost, but. <clears throat> 
that, you know, Roman gave him the nod, which is, you know, guess who everybody's talking about this week. Exactly. Yeah. Buddy Murphy. Yeah, exactly. So he kind of redeemed himself from the whole liar thing, even though they kind of trashed him after that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't say he redeemed I himself. I mean, in that match. At least, based on at the least match. he's part of the storyline, though. Right. But and the only reason awesome. he's a part of the storyline is that fans saw him on tape. Yeah. In the uh, when they were doing the forklift thing, so everybody's like, "Oh, who did it? Who did it? I well, who's that? Oh, it's Buddy Murphy." The only reason Kofi's champion is because, because Ali got hurt. hurt. And that's that's okay. champion. That's so, the exact same so, thing. So I know. Here's the all point. the best stuff is accidental. So, exactly. Okay. So here's be. the point. You need to take Buddy Murphy and carry this over. If he doesn't come out and at least win a first round match in the King of the Ring, then what's the point? Oh, I agree. Because you've done the same thing. Because I'm here about oh, Drew McIntyre got the rub with. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre ain't done shit since he had fucking WrestleMania match. He's ain't lost. Done well, shit. He's lost. You know what? You know what? Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy fighting with Roman Re- or having a match with Roman Reigns and looking good, and it reminded me of when Cena came out, fought fought Angle, almost won. Yeah. And in yep. 2003 or whatever, and then Angle yeah. kind of gave Angle there was, gave there him was the a nod. spot in this match where Buddy Murphy did a V trigger to a Kamagoya oh, to yeah. a Brainbuster, and I thought that there was a chance that he was going to pin Roman Reigns. Yeah, it was a it was a no, good near fall. Well, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't okay, look like a 205 <laughs> guy anymore either. Like even he face never to looked face like a 205. Guy. No, he never looked like a 205. But guy. I'm just saying, it, because he was there, he had that. That you know he he had two hundred five on his back, but he actually stood almost you know he's not that small. The wrestler looked great. The character looked weak. I'm sorry when he gets punked out again. Yeah, that after sucked. the fact that sucked. You don't think he's gonna? Oh, he's gonna get his comeuppance. He's gonna beat the shit out of Eric Rowan. He sold up. the spear better than anybody I've that seen. Was, he so, did clearly did a flip in the air. Extreme. Like I said, everything yeah. he did in the ring was absolutely perfect. He did. He is. Put on the map now. What WWE decides they're going to do with them? See, here's the thing, JC. You never just live in the moment. You know the future's not the future's not here yet, and the past is already gone. Just live in the moment. We're in the Buddy Murphy moment. Are he right and Alexa now. still together? Yeah, he's Mister Alexa Bliss. He's got the yeah, world so like, by the why balls. Is, I don't understand why he's getting more of a push for that anymore. reason. I, I I I thought that was part of the reason why he I wasn't Alexa on TV. Alexa was fucking mm-hmm. Strowman. <laughs> I mean, in, in your mind, yeah. How would that be shipping that? I don't, even, I don't know how that would work. I, I don't even think. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. See, they weren't yeah. all doing that in the mixed tag they, matches. I don't. I'm thinking about it now, and I'm glad we're done here. I'm gonna... <laughs> You're welcome. This is banned from ringside. Okay, uh, before we get the birthdays this week, I forgot to run down the scores for uh, the God predictions this week. Uh, <laughs> this is for uh, my friend Top Hat, uh, our friend Top Hat, friend of the show. Yeah, uh, our friend Top Hat. Bill Vagy, uh had 13. <sighs> JCB had 12. This is out of his possible 16 points. Okay. Bill Vegas had 13, JCB had 12, Two Beer had 12, Sam had 8, and Lucha oh Chris. Lucha Chris, Murray Man used to do a lot better than this. Yeah. Lucha Chris had 6 out of 16 <laughs> oh, points. <man>. What <laughs> happened to you? What happened to you? Six. So Sam didn't right. even come in last <laughs> week. All right, Big Cass is going to be 32. That's Cedric bullshit. Alexander is 30. Page is 27 this week. Lillian Get Garcia well soon, is 53. Velveteen Dream is 24. Byron Saxon is 38. Walter is 32. Nathan Jones. I remember Nathan Jones. He's 50. Uh, he must Trent not have been a member seven. of the Main Street Posse. <laughs> <laughs> Trent he Seven is 38. Me. Eve is 35. And Roe from the War Raiders. I forget which one he is in the War Raiders. Is 35. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you taking the time out to listen to ours. For Shock City Studios. Check. For Sam the Mauler Mall. For F&B Eatery. Check. For JJ Twix on Southampton. For Vice, Check. for Two Beer Zach Pullman, Check. for Lucha Chris, Check. for JCB. Did I already say you? No, Kanichiwa, bitches. <laughs> I am Bill Vagan. Everybody, boo the heels. Yeah, boo. <laughs> Fucking boo. Six for six.